0: Welcome to The Process Podcast, everybody. Katie. Hi. Hi. It's been a while. I know. It's only been three weeks instead of two weeks. Okay. But um, no one needs to know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. In the olden days of podcasting, I think if you were sporadic at all with your releases, people are like, what is wrong? But now- there are plenty of podcasts. Nobody cares if we take three weeks in between podcasts <laughs> versus We're just two.
1: Easily replaceable.
0: Yeah, they're not like, oh my god, where is this? When is this going to pop onto my phone?
1: Really? You I didn't mean, know I hope, that. I
0: hope there is a sense of anticipation, but I don't think <laughs> that uh, anybody's waiting by their phone.
1: Okay, so they're noticing it, maybe, maybe, and, but not despondent because. <laughs> Easily replaceable. Well, I think it's
0: actually nice nowadays because we all get there's so much information that if you give me a little break as a consumer, I'm actually happy. Yeah. (laughs) In a way, like, just save it, save it for the good stuff. The reason we were away for three weeks is I was out of town for two straight weekends for trips to Kansas, which were both long drives.
1: So, you went there and came back and went again. I thought you were down there the whole time. I was originally
0: going to stay. Yeah. And we just had too much we had to do here. So, I couldn't pull it off. But, yeah, it was, um, it was a lot, I did a lot of podcast listening.
1: What's the uh, drive time?
0: It was like eight hours. But given each time. the
1: scenery, it's 16. Yeah. Well, actually, it <laughs> feels I, like 16.
0: I, I, I disagree. So, like driving to Durango, Colorado, takes six hours, but it seems like 12 because it's such a hard drive. In Kansas, you are you can just check out like there's no turning. <laughs> it's just when my next stopping at a loves for sunflower seeds. You're in a I good place. Not, I
1: hope you're not checking out just uh, for the record. I mean, just
0: sort of just, like just going into like baseline function. OK. Right. Not 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 sleeping.
1: Which again, driving to Kansas. Yeah. You can do.
0: You're going away soon. And you seem excited about it. Is that correct? I'm going away this
1: weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Excited <laughs> because that... I am going away without my children.
0: Right. No children. So we're uh, we're going to talk wins and losses for us. We have a good question later about uh, distractions caused by the internet and how to mitigate those. But I want to know a win from you, Katie Levesque. Uh,
1: yes, a win for me was Mother's Day.
0: Mm. Let me take a shot at what I'm thinking. Okay. We talked a while ago, I guess holiday time, about your expectations regarding holidays versus uh, what's actually possible. Reality. Did that play into your Mother's Day?
1: It did not, and that's why it's a win. Oh, Well, so it did, but in a much more functional way. Tell me. So, I think even more than holidays, Mother's Day is fraught with emotional landmines. Because I think... The job of parenting, but particularly the job of Mother's Day, it's really hard to not apply this constant filter or lens of I'm underappreciated because Uh so much does not show up in the box score, right? Right.
0: (laughs) Right. A lot of team rebounds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. For the
0: uninitiated <laughs> in the uh, – I realized nobody knows what that means. For the uninitiated,
1: probably don't even know what box score means anymore. Right. <laughs> so in a, uh, reading in a basketball
0: box score, there are times when the rebound doesn't seem to go directly to one person, so they just call it a team rebound, and that is very frustrating if you're like, just get me that extra rebound. I right. was on the verge of a double-double. You could give it to me Absolutely. over the one guy who had one rebound and one to two nobody cares about. But nine to ten – we care about it anyway so team rebounds a lot of team rebounds and a lot parenting. of team rebounds
1: right and because probably with the scoring of that it's a lack of people paying attention because it's not that there's a lot of time when everybody has their hands on the ball you can figure it out but it's right. just a yeah, matter of i didn't like see it or there's a lot of big bodies old. up there i'm gonna put a team rebound right,
0: down right. yeah so that that is usually the case anyway it's so usually I,
1: the case no but so it really i was talking to some friends i've worked with clients in the last couple of weeks about this day in particular birthdays too but this day in particular mm-hmm. and it, it has to do with a lot of what we were talking about this expectation or the filter we use that we're coming into the day of pretty unappreciated here here is a day to appreciate me
0: mm-hmm. so and you better bring it on you this better day bring
1: it and that's where we all fail bring it and if somebody doesn't plan the day or read my mind or figure out what I want and what how I will feel appreciated, we are disappointed. And so right. there's always this discrepancy. Even if somebody tries their hardest, oh my, they know I don't like that. Or they know me enough. Don't they know this is what I want to do? Mm. And it's, I think when people think about well, why don't you just tell them? Like, this is my day. This is what I want to have happen. There, there's often this default of, well, ugh, that's just one more thing I have to do and plan and manage. And shouldn't somebody else be caring and and thinking about that and appreciating me? And that's the problem.
0: Mm-hmm. So, how did you? What was the win with regard? So, so the win was to, challenging
1: that belief, right? Okay. So, somebody not reading my mind, somebody not knowing exactly what to do for me, is not they don't care. They're not paying attention. They're, they should know. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It is, it's really hard to figure out what somebody wants. And even if you do put some effort in, there's always going to be this sense of, Oh, well that was sweet. And yet,
0: but so did you, did you do this going into, I did, I was
1: really conscientious about it. So I would say, I'm going to plan my day. I'm going to say, this is exactly what I want. And then really challenge those beliefs of, oh, I have to do this again. No, it's really wonderful to be able to sit and actually ask myself what I need and want and to express that and have other people really excited about it. It's not a cop out. They can do it and they can do it well. Mm-hmm. And it just alleviates a lot of nonsense. But here was the missing piece for me, right? Because it's tough to go there. If it is tough to go there, I should say, it means we are not – Honoring something that feels really invalidating for us about that. We're not honoring that initial story. So why do I have a filter of I'm being dismissed, I'm not being appreciated? Oh yeah. I mean, that's a big core one. I think I talk about that one all the time in here. That's a core one for me. Mm. I mean, that's early experience. Where did that come? Um, you know, my genetic flaw in my dad's eyes of not having a Y chromosome, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, that's where it comes from let me really look at that Mm -hmm. and instead of having that expectation of other people appreciating me i got up early and i spent 20 minutes writing about how i appreciate myself as a mother Mm. so it was that Mm self-appreciation felt really good less of a need for others and then then i had this clear view of everything that they were doing even if it wasn't great or not executed yeah As well as I would have hoped.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing I noticed is even as you were talking about taking that time to write about it yourself, your eyes kind of lit up and there was that excitement of like, I treated myself to this and I didn't have to rely on someone else.
1: Anything external. And then when that comes, it's just icing and it's nice. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't come, oh, wow.
0: Do you think, I'm going to step out onto a, a lily pad here. Do you think that some of that sense of... Not asking people is also, in a way, a form of self-sabotage that is, I don't deserve to have exactly what I want.
1: I think absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And it feels painful to have to ask for right. what I need and want. And then that goes back to early experiences of when I said I need or want, or I mm-hmm. said life's unfair or I want this. I can't get everything
0: you want. Like,
1: Yeah, t- life's unfair. All of these really well-intentioned messages, but again, that get experienced as invalidation deep down, yeah. that fuel a lot of that for us.
0: Because mm-hmm. I, I do think that totally. sometimes it's nice to, it's like this interesting control mechanism where if you say, I'm not, you don't say this, but- you go through this routine of I'm not going to ask and therefore people will disappoint me and then that will meet up with the expectations I already have and that will actually be a form of control.
1: It's a form of control and it's a form of comfort. Yeah, you nailed it. You know, it's painful, but we're controlling the situation. Absolutely. It's the reinforcement that we're right, which is very safe Mm -hmm. and controlling. Mm -hmm. And again, when you have wherever the what however the invalidation is taking form inside it's 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 some experience that you weren't allowed to have or emotion you weren't allowed to express and therefore let out it goes if you know fades away it's all of this invalidation and emotional dysfunction trapped inside of us mm-hmm. so not only do we create these lenses and stories and actually look for the evidence in the world to back that up because that makes most sense to us but it's also an avenue where i can get out this oh, core mm-hmm. belief of I'm Mm -hmm. just going to be dismissed and really create scenarios or find that evidence. So, yeah.
0: How did this go over with your family?
1: They were thrilled. Mm. Absolutely thrilled. So So there's no guessing work. I know what to do. Everybody wants to do, do things for people they care about. But there's always, again, this worry, you know, what if I stumble or fail or.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So it went over really well.
0: Yeah, that's that's so interesting because we are taught that we should be able to figure these things out or guess at it. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then that rarely goes according to plan. And
1: that shows that somebody really cares or they're paying attention. That's one of my greatest reframes I'm most proud of with mm. John, my husband. Mm-hmm. Is this early feeling of again, given this sort of core landmine, emotional landmine for me of, Oh, somebody's not appreciating me or someone's not paying attention or I'm being dismissed is John is a lot of things. But he's not um, always really attentive to detail Mm -hmm. and therefore doesn't encode a lot of things and therefore remember a lot of things in detail. So when he would say, oh my gosh, I really like that shirt. Is that new? No, I've actually had (laughs) this before you were in the picture. I've worn it a hundred times. A really convenient lens for me would be, oh my gosh, he just doesn't care. He has so much else going on. He's not even paying attention. And such a good reframe for me is how awesome is it that he is not paying attention or remembering a lot of things because he never remembers that i'm wrong when i made a mistake or fool out of myself it just goes away
0: right he can't actually remember that that shirt had ketchup on it once totally Totally.
1: it's praying he doesn't care it looks great it looks nice yeah who are you who are you again
0: this makes me think about uh, one thing I read about writing once, which was that when you are a uh, young or f- early writer, um, oftentimes you will obscure from the reader what the character's objective is, thinking that you need to surprise them. And I still go through this a lot. They, A smart person uh, was writing about this and said, if in doubt, just come out and say it. Say, my character needs to get home on time. And then now what are the obstacles to getting home on time? There's a car crash or there's a phone call or whatever it might be. But when you're um, not a very good writer, you are sheepish about defining what the character needs, thinking that that will make it artful. And often it loses the reader. Now you can get a little more artful with that of like, well, I told a person in a phone call or in dialogue, what, that person needed to accomplish right it doesn't have to be completely hey reader this Listen, is what yeah but i think that is similar to what we're talking about like we like to we like this romantic idea that our partner or parent or whatever would be able to just read our mind and come up with this answer but as we age we start to realize like oh they've got their own <laughs> stuff going <Amazing>. on
1: yeah. <laughs> they're
0: reading <laughs> A 100 books at once and they need me to just come out and Be say really
1: clear yeah, yeah like the, this is
0: what this character that you're living with needs out of life yes right
1: now. yes absolutely and the that's con- I think. otherwise it's just unnecessary confusion and people get frustrated by that people get anxious mm-hmm. with that whether you're reading and you're not really following it
0: yeah how will this lesson get codified for you
1: I think just the reinforcement of how well it went, Mm, how little drama. It was just nice. It just, it it felt, I was so much more present and able to enjoy everything about that day. It was one of my favorite days in a while. And we didn't, I mean, it wasn't chock full with amazing activities, but Mm -hmm. it was just taking that layer off. One less thing I was carrying around in the day that made me really present, made me really be able to enjoy it. And I think that in and of itself was really reinforcing.
0: Right. Great. I love it. So, my my win uh, the two trips to Kansas. One was for a family reunion that was long delayed. It was supposed to be two years ago and, of course, got pushed back. Um, and then the second was a trip to Caldwell, Kansas, home of our friend Scott Schaefer, um, where I opened for him. Does he have a statue there yet? It should. Yeah. Both Schaefer boys should have a statue there at this point. <laughs> Is Town square. Favorite sons. Yeah. Um, so. One win was uh, the family reunion, as all of these things will often do, started off a little awkwardly in that I kind of forgot what to talk about with certain people. You know, like people you haven't seen in 10 years, you're like, how do I relate to this person again? On what level or what context do we talk about things? Because a lot of those people I've only seen maybe six times in my life. Right? So finding, figuring out how do we build the connective tissue of okay. conversation. Right, So at first I was wondering, are we going to get there? <laughs> Is this a complete waste of time? What, what have we done? Why did I drive here? But I noticed the second evening uh, we were sitting around the fire. My mom did a great job of finding this very cool ranch where we hosted the Saturday activities. Being around the fire with a collective age of a few hundred years of people knowing me, right? Like these are people who've known me their whole life. They may not, again, we may not see each other very often, but just sensing that uh, feeling of peace and comfort of being surrounded by people who care about me and being able to sit and enjoy that was really pleasant.
1: That's really lovely.
0: Just to notice, like despite the chaos of the world to, to be able to be present with the fact that there is this value in having people know you, even if you aren't talking very often, because especially because there, it's almost this composite picture, mm-hmm. right? So there's so many people there who know me a little bit, mm-hmm. but there is that value that they don't really care whether I'm doing well or poorly in a sense of accomplishment. They're just like, we're fine with this kid that Janie had 44 years ago.
1: Because in your minds. Through that lens, their family and they know me and they have to care or I've experienced that with them.
0: Well, I think it was it was more just that I have been out on a limb in a lot of my life, like living in foreign countries, having to make new friends, loving that experience mm-hmm. to a large degree, but also not allowing myself some of that easing back into the nest of family friends etc mm-hmm. um so i think just reminding me that that is a value of mine and also something worth pursuing in my world
1: yes i love that and i guess what i was getting at is because there, there's a lot of people no matter what crowd they're in family friends people they don't know where the lens is so much people don't understand me or Mm -hmm. even I've been with them forever, but people won't ever really get me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even my family especially doesn't get me. People (laughs) I've been able to Mm -hmm. become friends with and have relationships as an adult get me more, but it's really about that. And again, that internal lens you have of here. This is who I am. I am comfortable with who I am Mm -hmm. and I feel genuine and authentic. And this is a space that really celebrates that Mm -hmm. because, there's this history. There's this patchwork of of perceptions of knowing me, um, which I think is really lovely.
0: It's also, I think, like reminding yourself that even within a family, there were probably 40 people there. There are those people who do not get you. Right. And are never going to. And so, therefore, you can address them on a surface level, but not try to get to that moment of being around the fire together because just that's not. And I think that's part of what happens as we age when you're in your 20s, your teens, you're like, none of these people understand you. Well, the reality is most of them don't, Mm -hmm. but there's a portion of them that will, especially as you repeat yourself over and over. And they have to hear that repeating over and over and they have to see it out in the world on social media, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, that's what Paul's doing. (laughs) right? And I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. Um, do you guys have family reunions?
1: We don't No. Okay. Lots of scattered around and yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm so, I'm always really fascinated by them. I've always really wanted to have them and have mm -hmm. like huge families and tons of cousins. And
0: yeah, it was, uh, it, it speaks to the closeness of my, so my mother's, uh, mom was one of six and they had like 16 kids all within like a 10 year range. So like 16 cousins all right at the same time. And they were all talk about putting up some stats. Yeah. (laughs) Stayed really close. Um, as far as just like not only age wise, but they made a point of like traveling together and all of that. Mm -hmm. So that has helped to solidify this family. And it is, I mean, it's hard to imagine that happening Again, without that kind of concentration of ages. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it, it's rare. And I and I think we're lucky on that side of my family that we have that. The other side, it's not that mm-hmm. exactly. But yeah, that's just the way of it. What about a loss for you?
1: My loss was, so I've had, so my daughter plays or did play volleyball competitively. And it's been tough. Um, I played sports my whole life. Um, was Was good, not only... Because you could be good back then. You didn't have to concentrate on the sport. We've talked about this a lot and Excel. I was pretty good at a lot of different sports, picked Mm -hmm. it up. And I was also really good at people pleasing and reading and figuring out what my teachers needed, my coaches, et cetera. And you you know, clearly wasn't as conscious of that as a child, but that really helps in sports, Um, unless, of course, you're the star athlete and it doesn't matter. You can act however you want. Mm. But it's been really interesting going through that with my daughter, who does not have that people-pleasing gene, which I've at first caused me a lot of anxiety Um and now I've grown to appreciate how amazing and wonderful it is and trying to reinforce that. Um, there's a balance. You don't wanna be <laughs> not being right. able to get along in society, and and she is, but it's just a much more authentic way of showing up. And it really came up this year. There's was, it was a tough year, coaches some really um, really questionable behavior and she really, um, I was so proud of her basically said, this isn't okay. Mm. And there was a real tendency obviously in the coaching world and other teammates to say, oh, this isn't a big deal, but it was. And I think for, for, for me, it was hard because I know how much sports means. I know how much team, all of that means. I know how hard she's worked to stay in that. And there was this people pleasing aspect of, oh, you've worked so hard. Don't, Quit the team. Don't make a big fuss about this. But then when I found out what was really happening, I'm like, oh, yeah, this isn't okay. And Mm -hmm. it's going to stink and it's going to hurt. And there's going to be this grieving process. But above all else, I want you to know Mm -hmm. as a kid, but particularly as a girl, that's not okay. Whether it's your boss, whether it's your, you know, teacher, Mm -hmm partner, et cetera, know that even though it will be a loss. Your teammates will, may, may not understand. The club didn't, and it, was, and it was a fight. We've since had a lot of reinforcement after that, and the coach is no longer there. But anyway, it was tough. It was tough on her, and we went through it, and we kept – you know, working through, it's sad. And yet, how am I better off? And I have this more time. I can figure out what I want to do. I can find another way to be involved in volleyball that doesn't have a lot of this, um, that tends to be there, no matter mm-hmm. where you are. And so I, f- I felt like we worked through it and we were doing well. And then she, you know, was looking to play at school and they had this little clinic. And she just experienced this sense of, you know... <sighs> athletics again and coaches Mm. being cool and you know sort of doing some shame drills and sort of all of this stuff coming up again and I thought oh my gosh and felt that pressure again well is she just misreading this and no this doesn't sound okay but here we are again and here's something she likes and the loss I'm sorry this is going on forever for me was not that I was feeling upset about it all again but that there was this thought or switch in me that said oh gosh I'm back to square one. You know, I didn't work through this. This Mm. just shows that I'll never be able to work through it. And I got really discouraged.
0: You mean as far as your tendency to want to kind of manage her feelings? Manage
1: her feelings, manage it in a way that, you know, sort of takes away some of the unpleasantness of it, feeling the unpleasantness of it. That's what I was encoding is, oh, my gosh, this is, you know. I've messed up here again. I thought mm-hmm. I worked through these things, and here they're triggering me again. Mm-hmm. and I'm free- I'm wanting to do the same things over again
0: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to, this is just something that's pretty deep-seated for me that mm-hmm. is a problematic lens that's going to take more than one or two times to go through this. This is embedded. This is like my, you know, golf swing that I hook. I can I can get a few really lovely drives out of it, but it's going to snap right back without a lot of work and practice. And it was mm-hmm. just a good reminder that it's not that you're back to square one or it's not that you, you know, will never be able to see something in a different way, mm-hmm. but it just is, this needs more work. This, people pleasing tendency this sense to doubt how we're perceiving something that may be right or wrong
0: is that so this pattern that you get into is it more to do with you putting yourself in your daughter's brain or is it more to do with your brain perceiving this about the situation
1: I th- that's a good question. I think, I think it's both. And one of the real tricky things with parenting is what makes things that much more painful or anxiety provoking or fearful really fears at the base of it all is because you feel like this is an extension of who you are, even mm-hmm. though we all try so hard. This is an independent being. I need to meet them where they are. It could be completely different than where I am. Mm-hmm. We all do that. I mean, we can, we project out how we process the world. We, that's all we can do. Really, we mm-hmm. only know the information or how we think through things, how we perceive things, and I think the, I think it's just exponentially so with your children because they're around you so often. Obviously, they're, they're literally part of you, and I do think that that's a more difficult detachment from how they're perceiving it, mm-hmm. and so there's that worry there. They should be perceiving it this way, or if they're hurting, or if they're unhappy. You're really feeling it at this kind of base primal level, which triggers all of these other things for you too.
0: Right. So I Yeah. I'm wondering, is it the empathy of like they're feeling this way and so therefore I'm feeling this way or is it some also, maybe it's both, that you're putting yourself into her shoes and f- imagining what you would feel like. And so you're like, well, I would feel terrible. So I'm assuming she feels terrible. Yes. Do, you, do you see what I mean there?
1: Absolutely. So that happens a lot. So okay. like, and we do that with everyone, right? I yeah. assume that this is going to hurt their feelings or if I say no, somebody will think I don't care about them. I mean, that's all right. of our own processing there and definitely happens more with children. I think this was a combination of it. Mm. So first, you know, the the, per, the the having the really deep connect did empathy of this is a disappointment she's worried she's anxious and that reflex we all have as parents oh you know don't worry about it or do this or if you smile or you know engage somehow that will make this easier so my sort of lens and story of how to navigate the world which for her doesn't feel as right she doesn't want to do something that she doesn't think is right and I again mm-hmm. admire that but it's also hard in certain situations where you would see that that made me things easier on you. Um, but there, there is also the sense of I'm perceiving it in a, in a different way than she is. Mm, and so there's that right. disconnect as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm sure that gets layered in there. Absolutely. And it's difficult to parse out. The closest I can come to this is I do have a brother who's 12 years younger than I am, who, uh, I did a, a little bit of parenting for, yeah. because my parents were kind of done <laughs> with parenting. Understandably. Uh, and additionally, All of my brothers played at least college basketball, right? So there was this uh, sports piece like that's a little bit related um, where especially by the time my youngest brother was moving through high school aiming toward college, I'd already been a professional basketball player for a decade, right? So I kind of knew a lot of the steps that he was going to have to take in order to get to that. And so it was hard to keep my mouth shut I think it was easier because it was just a brother and not a child but I can remember that um, discomfort of wanting to say just like if you want X you're gonna have to do a through what's the letter before X w <laughs> um, yes and having to like under because you can kind of see the future in a way that is alarming. You know, you're like, I know how this story ends for you, and I don't think you're gonna like that conclusion <laughs> based on where we are right now. But unfortunately, you're gonna have to live the story and you hearing it from me isn't gonna help. Yeah. Which is it's so hard frustrating. Spot to be in. Yeah,
1: you see it. Yeah. I've lived your pain. Let right. me help you.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't want you to have to feel this, but I do I mean, I I'm sure it's very different, especially brother on brother too, where there's also the a part of me that was just like sorry dude you're gonna have to figure this out mm-hmm. on your own mm-hmm. um and the, that's gonna be the way you learn this and
1: so much of it is just paying attention again the more we cannot assume and go into that future forecasting tell we can't know that that's mm-hmm. the right path our path is the right path but not assuming that we know what our children our partners our brothers are needing or wanting so if he came to you and said oh my gosh this is so frustrating what do i do that's a whole different scenario than right oh the stinks or oh i'm upset right and it's oh yeah i Mm -hmm. get it and how can i help and that's so hard again when you feel like you have this you feel like you have the information that will help somebody Mm -hmm. but just disseminating information if somebody is not able to hear it really
0: you mentioned um unhelpful you mentioned people pleasing and and how um useful that is in in team situations so we have talked a lot on this podcast about the dangers of people pleasing but i also think that there are there are a lot of advantages of people pleasing behaviors that we often forget because you and i are talking often about our own tendency to people please and so we're trying to kind of crank that down from 11 back to a 9 right On a scale from one to 10, easy scale this time. Thank you. Um, But as you were talking- Universally
1: understood scale. (laughs) Yes.
0: As you were talking about that, I was thinking about how vital to my basketball career people-pleasing was. Because a lot of times I was undersized or I was kind of under-regarded, but I had this kind of Jedi superpower for being able to land in Spain, ask a bunch of questions, try to speak as much spanish as possible be as kind as i could to everybody just by default and i'm confident because people told me this right, <laughs> that right. that kept me in jobs right totally. that they would be like you're so different from most of the americans cuz you're actually trying the food and you're you know going out with us and you're going to agia sofia when we're in istanbul with us whereas the rest of your predecessors would don't even know what country we're in and it it was a, in a way, it's a manipulation tactic. One hundred percent. Right. Yep. Like I'm. And as long
1: as you know that and understand <laughs> yes. that, as long as we're good with that, yeah. Right. Like
0: I, I knew like I'm, I'm on a short leash here. Mm-hmm. I may have some bad games, mm-hmm. so I had better make up for that by making sure that everybody here wants me around. Yeah. You know. So I think, I guess, as a way to put a button on that, I was just that just sort of spun me out into thinking about how we're talking all the time about the negatives of people pleasing but we should not dismiss that there's a lot of value in of course, it sometimes.
1: Uh, again, the litmus test is what is the impact? So mm-hmm. if the impact on me it's making me anxious, it's making me feel inauthentic, it's making me cause any kind of painful, discomforting state at all, that's when you look at it, challenge right. it. If it's yeah, this is this is reinforcing, I am connecting with people, it's it's a real skill to have. And the other thing is you have that skill or you don't, a lot of people don't have that skill mm-hmm. and it, it it's either being able to sort of navigate socially. That's a, that's a social cognitive skill or even, you know, wanting to or understanding mm-hmm. the worth of that and to be able to be forcing people without that skill or that don't need or want that skill mm-hmm. into that is really problematic as well.
0: Yeah. I, I would think too that one of the tricky parts with, parenting of somebody who maybe is not a people pleaser is it's not wired that way is wanting Mm -hmm. to warn them like this is a way to be but it's going to put a lot of pressure on your performance accomplishments right etc right like because that's that's the other you know like having that people-pleasing skill makes up for some potential lack of talent yes. or whatever the other thing is
1: it's useful. Yes. because in people will
0: kind of give you the benefit of the doubt it yeah. does put a lot of, i mean i i talked i've talked before about how people like to think that professional athletes are of the i always think of like isaiah Ryder. you remember him <laughs> jr Ryder? he was oh, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. spectacular yes. but a pain in the ass um Alan Iverson's kind of in this mold, right? Of like not particularly interested in doing what the party wants. Watch
1: it. I love Alan Iverson. Well, which is I have an AI story and but, he is dear to my heart.
0: But do the, not cast aspersions. So you can get away with that if you are amazing but there are if very we're few people if we
1: are talking about practice <laughs> not a game <laughs> there are very
0: game, few people who are that good and the I, what I found interesting about the NBA was it actually shook out a lot of the assholes yeah. like you would think that it would be a bunch of assholes but it's actually not it's it's a lot of kind of dull humans a lot of the time but everybody generally shows up on time everybody will look you in the eye that's a a coach told me that once when I was very young was like I don't care If you understand what I'm saying, but if you look me in the eye and nod, that's all I need, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of guys that make it to those top levels who will look you in the eye and nod. Mm -hmm. They may not really be bought in, but at least they'll give you that feedback of like, that's a good point. And
1: again, where I go to the goal for all of us is authenticity and genuineness. And so if that is a skill and that's a skill that doesn't cause you a lot of pain, great. And you look for ways in your life, you're in the NBA, for example, hopefully, or in another area, will that where that would serve you? Mm-hmm. Knowing that that's not a skill you may have, or it doesn't come naturally, also helps as opposed right. to learning to mask or to pretend or to be something that you're not and get into then an environment where that's needed to survive. There are areas where you don't need that people pleasing skill to survive, yeah. and even like just something. But it's and it, and it's how you're defining people pleasing too to mm-hmm. the extent of or at the expense of me or you know if somebody's straightforward and honest with me mm-hmm. they may not be trying to please me I appreciate that right and so there's
0: well what are the there's tricky,
1: gradations of that
0: one of the tricky things is I would say it's actually more and more valuable all the time because soft skills have become even more valuable because we can teach machines how to do the stand in front of the machine and like. Just punch the button, you know, so it's, it's, it's an interesting, we could do an entire podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. series on like, what are the skills that people need to succeed going forward into the future? But like, weirdly, we're actually training people to be less, less, sorry, socially adept because of staring at our phones or whatever, when in fact those skills are becoming more and more valuable maybe than ever.
1: Yes, and traditionally valuable, but also it's not black and white. So if mm-hmm. you look at what we have valued in terms of social skills, those soft skills, even eye contact you bring up, right? A lot of, for example, the autism literature now is about understanding autism neurology and as acceptance. So for, again, somebody with autism to look somebody in the eye from a sensory perspective is painful. It's like, a you know, electric shock has been described to me of mm. – painfulness, real just sensory overload and not great. And yet, unless they're doing, if, if if the message is you have to do that and these soft skills are the way that you're going to be successful, yes, in certain areas of life, but that's just really problematic if our neurology isn't built there. So I think it's looking at what those soft skills are and what we make them mean. So mm. if I feel better about myself, if somebody says, oh my gosh, you look so nice today, how are you? And smiling at me and giving me eye contact. But if that's not how they really feel, What are you know? What are we teaching? (laughs) What are we really teaching there? Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of gray areas. I hear what you're saying.
0: It's equipping though, because we can live in a land where we want to be mindful of everyone's needs, but if you know we're watching out this window, this work site, right? If you're hiring, you do not have time. You just don't care. Most people don't, as as Lacey Henderson says people don't give a shit. No mm-hmm. one gives a shit. Right. So like it's also we have you have to equip people with some strategies for like being able to get along, which is the coach saying, I don't really care if you're actually paying attention, mm-hmm. but look me in the eye and nod. Mm-hmm. Just pretend mm-hmm. because I am dealing with 50 kids at this camp and all I'm looking for is people that I want to kick out of the camp. Mm. And that's how the world works. Yeah. Right. Like we're all looking for reasons to disqualify people. We're not most of the time looking for people reasons to qualify people. Mm -hmm. So it's also helping people understand, like, again, you can be that way, but it's going to be a tough road
1: or you just need to find a road that.
0: Right. But it's a little easier. I know there's also going to be fewer of those roads Mm -hmm. unless you go back to a time when you could just sit behind a mule and plow your field and have people leave you alone.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's (laughs) where we all need to be heading.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, Your loss. My loss. Oh, I was thinking a lot this week because I had a lot of computer time, just needed to catch up on things because I was out of town for a couple weekends, how often I look for good news in my inbox or in social media and how unhelpful that is, Uh, especially when I am – in a mode of running a business, trying to figure out how the business works. There's a lot of uncertainty to that. um, And that requires a fair bit of uh, bullheadedness of just saying like, I believe this is going to work. I'm going to move forward with this. And when I get off kilter and start to look for affirmation.
1: In what form out of curiosity in this example,
0: it might be um, going on to Twitter to see, did my last little aphorism get any likes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be just checking my email to see did someone reach into the void to try to contact me? Uh, it might be going on to the process online to see how many people are in this deep work session. Would that mean that it's succeeding? Right. So, like, looking, right. So, the
1: underlining meaning for all of that is is what I'm doing working. having an impact working?
0: Right, yes. Right. So, that and that is not helpful because except when it is (laughs) (laughs) yes so it's the it's as with all things it's a gray area right because my job is also to be getting the feedback of what's functioning and what's not so that we can adapt
1: because the impact again is if it's not there if it's not in the way right
0: it's the it's that the impact is that it w- is mostly derailing mm-hmm. and not particularly helpful right so it's also i think learning strategies for how do i take that power away from myself which is actually going to interestingly i think dovetail with our question As- we get
1: and how to empower yourself so here mm-hmm. so you give me your takeaway and i'm going to give you my
0: no my, well my takeaway is and this is one thing i have been working a lot at here in Denver is hiring people, mm-hmm. right? So like making sure that there are people who can run the things that we do. Uh, some of that being necessary so that I am not in the weeds of, is there three people in the session or is there six? Cause it doesn't matter most of the time, mm-hmm. but I do need to check in from a kind of spot check standpoint from time but to that's time.
1: that's different, right? Then, mm-hmm. The affirmation piece of this is working. This right. is meaningful. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Um, seeking feedback that what I'm doing is functional. Yeah. External
1: right. validation. We're human. Right. It always feels good. Mm-hmm. And here would be my recommendation from an empowerment <laughs> standpoint. So mm-hmm. what we need and want and we're seeking for for other people. I want people to honor my mm-hmm. accomplishments, honor my effort, honor the fact that this is important and what I'm doing. That's your prescription hmm For what I need to do for myself. So you get up, may not be Mother's Day, but you spend 10 minutes and say, what am I doing What that's working? What am I doing that's meaningful? How is this meaningful? How is it working? And it's not about just, again, this Pollyanna spin, but what is the impact when you actually find and look for this evidence internally, mm-hmm. genuine, authentic evidence that this is working or I feel like this is important? What's the impact on you emotionally?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, what is the impact? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think validating
1: when, that it's meaningful. When validating, we validate yeah. and find that evidence for ourselves right. that it's meaningful, it's important, it's making an impact.
0: I think it's the yeah, the, the thing that works for me is knowing that I'm challenging myself, mm-hmm. right? So knowing I'm trying something that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that so, feels
1: good. I'm proud of that. Right. Not a lot of people can do that whatever that takes. Mm-hmm. And that emotional state mm-hmm. puts us in a position to not only have more energy, creativity, be less dependent on the external validation there, but it also actually helps us take in information. Like you said, I have to check what, whether it's working or not. It's not about just getting you know this echo chamber of everything's great, you're wonderful, but mm-hmm. you're in a much more confident position because you know and you're so clear about why this is important, I'm challenging myself, this is good. This is not about, you know, external likes, but what I'm doing really matters. Mm-hmm. Really helps us with that other information as well. We're in a much better, much stronger situation. And then when external validation comes, awesome. It's not about not feeling good about it, but it's the icing piece. It's not the data input piece that we need to fuel us or to get us going. It helps. It's like that turbo boost.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and I think that's where...
1: That's the empowerment piece,
0: It is the discipline factor of making sure that I'm doing the things that I know will be challenging and that there will be no immediate reward for early in the day before I can allow those voices to come in. And that's, you know, when I talk about writing first thing, meditating first thing, uh, getting a little bit of exercise first thing, uh, working on some difficult project first thing. For me, it's so valuable to get those done before anybody can come at me with any kind of uh, potential... Thinking about like a a stick in the tire of my bicycle, right? They just jam it in there and then I go ass over tea kettle. Uh, And I feel like it's... So it's some... A lot of it for me is knowing that I have this tendency and then mitigating it by being really diligent about building up kind of this armor mm-hmm. early in the day. Mm-hmm. Of like, I did these things because they matter to me. I don't really care where they end up. Mm-hmm. And then slowly kind of letting the world and in. And
1: also, not only did I do this, but where's my self-like button? Mm-hmm. How can I validate not only that I did it, what that means, what that says about me, what that says about my right. character, what I'm doing, how important and meaningful that is. Yeah.
0: And, and that's one of the reasons that I am advising people often to have a creative project that they can control, that they work on almost every day, whether that is a garden or learning to cook or learning a different language, because that allows for that wiring of the internal I'm okay button Mm -hmm. of saying I've done this thing that I have as my sort of little toy Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it takes off into something else. Maybe it doesn't, but that allows for uh, this kind of armoring against the inherent critique that comes from especially a connected outside. And
1: also again, really paying attention to I am going to look for the evidence of how that's how, what I did was really good or really important because again, we're hardwired to find, oh, but I didn't get as much done as I wanted to or it didn't quite, not everything grew in the garden or, <laughs> right? right? Mm-hmm. Because we're so, th- th- how do I get better? How do I learn from that? And all of that's valuable information. But again, it's it's about the impact of when we tell ourselves that versus, yes, I did it. Yes, it's important. I have this, but also let me really reflect and internalize on why it's important, how it's meaningful, how I did it well, how I feel good, because that's more armor against-
0: Mm-hmm. negativity
1: coming in or the lack of positivity coming in from the outside right. but it, it but it also allows for the oh i can kind of see now i can take the criticism because i i have already intentionally and intentionally focused on what was good about it? How it matters? Right. Yeah. Why I so feel it's, good. it's yeah because we can't a- take that for granted. We feel like I'm going to do this, but then we don't sit back and say, "Oh, I did this. Mm-hmm. I feel good about it. This is important because."
0: All right, we gotta. We're gonna get to some audience participation. Sophie had a win that she wanted to share, uh, and then we're gonna get into uh, a question from a member. So Sophie's working on a big project on which she does all the data analysis. Even though she has a knack for data, it's still relatively new. Quote, however, I have proven to my project leader that I'm good at what I do, and she decided last week to give me more responsibility when it comes to the data we are using. I had an online meeting with her and a couple of other external organizations, one really big one on a national level. When my colleague asked me to explain what I was doing, I did, and I also explained that I might have found some answers to problems we are facing on a national level. The man of the important organization said, I know what you are doing. I've been researching this data for over 10 years. I think that what you're doing is really smart and a really good idea. All I kept waiting for was the but, but it never came. It was pure confirmation that what I was doing was excellent and he was actually interested in seeing my data sheets. It was a win in that I learned to have so much more faith in my abilities. That is a big win.
1: That's a huge win. Yeah. You know what I think is really cool about this? Tell me. This is such a nice segue to what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. So what Sophie communicated without really explicitly communicating. Mm -hmm. The really important things about what she said. I have a knack for data. I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. That is there at her core. Mm-hmm. Even though it was couched in, I proved myself as being good to my project leader and then to the important man or the man of the important organization. Mm-hmm. Again, when that external validation came, awesome, lovely, all of us. I mean, it's just validating. We're human. But that's the icing for Sophie. If she didn't know she was good at what she did, mm-hmm. if she didn't know that she could do something, find something new, be really smart, have a good idea internally. A, she wouldn't have been put in that position. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have put, probably executed as well when we're you know just paralyzed with insecurity. We don't Often get in those positions or if we do and we receive information from somebody outside that said you did a great job do we believe it does it resonate it resonated Mm -hmm. this lovely external icing added uh win or validation resonated because it was in there herself and so that's what i would turn around for her not to you know hack up her edit her win Mm -hmm. but to show her it was a win Because she had faith in her abilities and Mm -hmm. she recognized that from the external validation, but it was in there to begin with. Right. Right, The validation, you know, she she didn't learn. She was good at what she did because of other people telling her.
0: Right. Does that make sense? It does. I was just thinking about how what's so nuanced about that, though, is that the only way you ever actually get to that core belief is from external validation at some point, (laughs) right? So it's... It's, it it's, it, it it's should a little, happen
1: early for all of us. Right, and it doesn't a, for so many reasons. <laughs> well,
0: but it's it's a, a weird Mobius strip because you're like, you have to have the internal confidence in order that the external validation doesn't matter. But you will at some point need to get that external validation before you can build that internal exactly. confidence. And
1: that's why if it comes early, great. And right. it's not even about you're great at all of this, but what you're experiencing mm-hmm. is valid. Yeah. And it's so hard. Most of us don't get it mm-hmm. early on as much as we should. And again, because it can go off track so unintentionally like, well, Oh, don't be worried about this. Oh, da, 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 da. or, Oh, this is great, but do this because somebody wants you to do better. I mean, we all experience invalidation even when it's not intentional, but mm-hmm. yes, so important for that to come early. If it doesn't mm-hmm. later on, it's really tough.
0: Well, what I am thinking about here is how many people who probably listen to our show, who are members of the process online but also are in the world in general are having to pivot within their lives. Yes. And that's, I think what we can also address when it comes to some of this stuff for people who are thinking, well, look, I'm only three months into this new phase of my life. So I, I, I'm struggling because I don't yet have that confidence. I mean, this is something that I've gone through a lot, right? It's something I went through in, in the microcosm of basketball, like going to a new team and trying to figure out, you know, how to fit in, but it's also been making a couple of career changes, uh, and having to figure out very quickly, like, am I good at this? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there's also, yes, we have to guard against pure delusion, Right. Like I lived in the most delusional city in the world for 10 years. And there were a lot of people there who are not paying attention to (laughs) a lack of external validation. And it means that they're going to wake up when they're 60 and be like, oh shit, I done wasted the last 20 years of my life. So there's a, there's again this mix of, of, of having to test yourself at the right level before you can build that internal hard gobstopper that you need.
1: Yes. And again, but so much of it is what you teach and that is this process and that my confidence isn't going to come because I achieved this or I did it really well or other people are are telling me I did it really well, but Mm -hmm. really finding that it becomes our job, particularly if we didn't get it early on later on, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And it's how did I do this well or how maybe is this not really where I need to be? Yeah. Um, and, yeah i mean external validation always helps right um but it's we can't really bullshit ourselves i mean i know you said there's a whole land out that out west that do but yeah deep down we really know we really Mm. know
0: well i I guess that's probably why it's so valuable when you are young to try myriad different things Mm -hmm. because As we were saying, you can't bullshit yourself even when bullshit? Nope. You can't bullshit yourself even when you're an eight. Like, I remember lots of things where I was like, I, this piano thing ain't getting it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, I, I tend to believe that most people can learn lots of things, but there are certain things that just make our hearts sing. And for me, piano did not, wasn't it? Right. It was just like, I'm, taking the lessons and I'm practicing, but I'm getting nowhere. And so it, there was a point where I had to recognize I am bullshitting myself. Mm -hmm. This it's not going to happen. And I think one of the things that, you know, to tie this maybe back to even what you were talking about with the emphasis now on specialization early for kids that's robbing them of the ability to figure out what they're actually good at because that will lead to adaptability
1: absolutely later right
0: it's not just about well you're going to be the best tennis player did tennis make your heart sing briefly now you know what that feeling is nowadays you're trying to be a graphic designer it's not making your heart sing you know what that feels like so go do something else right
1: exactly because then effortlessly Mm -hmm. you are motivated productive loving what you're doing
0: right yeah so i think yeah we need kids to do lots of things. Uh, ask us a question, Katie. I, you have, I uh, have
1: a question that isn't about myself, but about something that I am observing in others. I would like to know what suggestions you have for navigating the distraction of the World Wide Web. Specifically, how do you create boundaries for yourself when working on an electronic device that has the capacity to connect you to the universe?
0: Good question. Yes, Paul, what you Milagrosa M. Uh, and that's you know, at the core of... What we talk about, right, is how do we not only prevent distractions, but to the point of maybe what has become the theme of this particular episode, how do you manage this, especially when you're having to create this white hot core? Now the gobstopper has a white hot core, which doesn't sound like something you should suck on. (laughs) Uh, But how do you create that? (laughs) Like white hot core of concentration (laughs) to put your mouth on.
1: Magma. Um, Liquid magma.
0: Because that's what, I mean, that's the the issue with distraction is that, you know, if you were just sitting there, you had a a day where you're like, I don't have to accomplish anything. Great. Be as distracted as you want. The the issue is always like we want to get stuff done and we want to not get spun out by all of these distractions. Yes. Um, And I think... maybe what she's asking about is like a lot of the devices that we use to work are also the devices that distract us. Yeah. So how do we fix that?
1: (laughs) Yes. From a a, a purely logistical standpoint.
0: Right. And I, I mean, I think like in the, in the very functional, it is of course whittling it way down and then building it back up. Right. So deleting all of the things first, and then seeing like, which of these do I actually miss? But I think what you would appreciate though, is the awareness piece of how do these actually make me feel? How do I actually feel after distracting myself? Yes. Right. As, because that's the only way it sticks. So I, I think that's tying into my loss from earlier about seeking affirmation from online. What I'm starting to pay attention to is did it make me feel good to go check to see how many books I sold today yeah no it did yeah. not <laughs> so therefore I'm not going to do that tomorrow yeah right or, or I'm going but I'm going to make a schedule for myself I can do it on Saturday or whatever it is yeah um, and I think that's hard work it also is work that has to be renewed all the time yes unfortunately. Yes.
1: It's that, it's the intentionality piece. I like, I mean, I broke my phone and there was some syncing issues. I will just say it was external. It wasn't user error. It was, but I had to download all my new apps. It was, it's lovely because like, Hey, I don't even remember half the stuff I have. And so you don't miss it, but it's really adding back in what is meaningful, what exactly that point you made, what makes me feel not great. What makes me feel okay. Making that connection, but being really intentional about it and Notifications. I'm going to turn them off. I'm going to schedule a time where I'm going to do my email. I'm going to schedule a time where I'm going to look at my texts. So we just have those really intentionally pre-planned, pre-thought-out boundaries. And then I love it. Yes. Awareness of how do I feel if I've let that mm-hmm. take control over me or if it's something that I didn't kind of plan out ahead of time. If I'm reacting and not intentionally responding to.
0: Right. I, I do think, too, that it's um, figuring out... What are things in your life that you really enjoy that are portable that are not those things? So for me, as an example, um, I've noticed that <laughs> we no longer live in the era of peak TV. There was, there was like an idea for a while, like we live in the time of peak TV. Television is sucks again, which is fine. They have figured out how to like stretch everything into 10 episodes when it should have just been a movie. And so a lot of the TV that I get a hold of, I'm like, this is not, I am not enjoying this. But I, but I, I still love the idea of peak TV. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like I, I loved, um, house of cards, for example, I felt like that was a, or of course, game of Thrones or all these things that were like big shows where it felt like each episode actually had a point and all this. I don't think we live in that time as much anymore. So I have noticed. Yeah. So I've noticed that like, I don't get very much enjoyment out of watching television anymore. Now this is not exactly the internet, but I think where I'm going is last night I got home from working sessions here in Denver. It was nine 30. I was tired, but kind of wired from running the stuff. I knew it was going to take me an hour and a half to sort of settle down Normally, I think I would put on an episode of some some show and just kind of like zone out. But I made a deal with myself because I had, when I was on my trip to Kansas the second time, I stopped in Dodge City, Kansas at the Boot Hill Distillery, which was, I had the best time there. They like showed me all of their like bourbons and, and I got to know everybody in the bar and it was amazing. So I bought a bottle of whiskey from that place. Also recently, I ordered... Like three books that I would normally probably wouldn't have allowed myself, but they looked like I would really enjoy them, right? So instead of watching TV last night, I was like, you can have a whiskey from this place that you like and you can read this new book that just came in the mail, right? So finding that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. alternative thing to do yeah, that also then brought me joy in a different way that wasn't just sliding into that same Rot,
1: yes i, right? I am not doing something that causes me misery b i'm right. doing this i you know i'm reading i like to do that mm-hmm. whiskey's gray uh the the reinforcing thought that i'm better than everybody else because i'm reading and not watching tv <laughs> also <laughs> you know, reinforcing right
0: sure sure yeah <laughs>
1: also brings us joy i
0: also listened to it was uh, steve winwood's birthday yesterday so i listened to a steve winwood record while i was not a cd record this, okay in this case okay. yeah um So I think like, but that's a, that's a small version, um, but in, and and I'm, I have to work on this. I'm sure you have to work on it too, right? Like just carry a book around with you or carry around, like, how can you play music for yourself or how, what could you do to like, just have something else to do?
1: Yeah. And have more control and be intentional. And, you know, right back at this, this question, I think we delude ourselves that we have to react to everything that we don't have control. Our work's online. Things are coming in. Find the ways we do. Mm -hmm. Do I really have to respond to every email as it's coming in? Maybe not. Maybe if I have these chunks of time, maybe if I turn off my notifications, can I find that way of just feeling more intentional, empowering and making that connection? What makes me feel good and Mm -hmm. not.
0: One last practical strategy that I was thinking about when we are, let's just use the example of sitting at a laptop. Like I'm at coffee shops a lot. I will often get done the things that I need to get done. But love the fact that I'm nestled up in this coffee shop and then I will find myself doing shit that I don't need to be doing, (laughs) right? Looking for things online to interact with. One of the things I often do is to drive to a place where I have to pay a parking meter because I know that my parking time is going to expire. So I have to get up and get out of there. Now, it's frustrating because there's a part of me that's like, oh, but it's so nice here. I'm so happy after my caffeine and, you know, the conviviality of this coffee shop, but it, it creates that external timer. That's better than just a timer on your phone, right? Like, you know, yes, of course you could just set a timer on your phone, but I think coming up with these like very external strategies can be helpful. Yeah. I like
1: that. that They can't argue out of or Right. just <laughs> press pause or snooze. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so whatever that might be in, in one's world of, um, just creating that external yeah. timer. Thank you for the question. Mila Grossa M. We'll talk more about it inside the process online. If you've got questions for us and you're not a member, you should just become a member or send us an email podcast at create your Katie, Paul go enjoy the mountains <laughs> thank you <laughs> thanks for listening everybody hey friends Paul here I really appreciate you listening the executive producer of the process podcast is Rich Burner. music came to us courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incompetech dot film I'll talk to you again soon